Hello, welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy new month of May. Wow, welcome to Faith Boosters again. What a beautiful day. What a good time to be alive. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Faith Boosters where we just hang out to stir up one another's faith and remind ourselves of who we are and who God is in our lives and what he has made us to be. So welcome. If you're joining us for the very first time, you're most welcome. And the usual family members, you know what to do. Let our people know that we are on live right now. I have a great word on my heart that God has placed in my heart for you and for me as he ministers to us. But as we begin our time together, as always, can we just start to pray right now as we prepare our hearts to receive from God. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you are present with us. We give you thanks for your word, oh God. Your word is light. Your word is power. We open our hearts, oh Lord, like King David said, and we say, Lord, open our eyes that we may see wondrous things in your word. Your word is power and life and light, Lord. May it just explode in our hearts and in our souls as we receive it this morning or afternoon or evening, whatever time it is where you are watching from. But Lord, we thank you. I thank you for all my friends that are hearing your word today. May it come alive for them. May it bear fruit in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Wow. I want to get straight into it today. Happy new month. As you can hear some sounds, it is Idi. <laughs> I think across the world, or at least here in Uganda today. So um, thank you so much for joining me. I believe that today being a, a day that's been a bit restful, you'll even be able to take in more today i i want to share with you something that the holy spirit has been ministering to me and you know last week if you did watch the message of last week i'm going to encourage you to go and find it it's called the womb of the spirit the womb of your spirit and it's a powerful message that talked about how we live from our hearts. It's one of those key messages in the life of a Christian because when you understand that revelation, it helps you to know how to manifest the life of God that he has already purchased for us, that it's already there on the inside of us, but for us to bring it out, it has to first get into our hearts. But today, so as the month of May was beginning, on the 30th of April to be specific, I started to hear, you know, the Holy Spirit sort of prompting me about the fact that the next day was a beginning you know, May 1st, and, and let's be honest, for some of us, unless it's the, your birthday month, or it's the month when something significant happened, you know, your anniversary month, or your whatever month, we find that sometimes you move from one season to another without much expectation. But I believe that God is shifting us to start to be wiser than that, that as children of God. That there's a reason why God placed times and seasons in place. Um, to help us the word that I've been hearing is reset. Like it's an opportunity to reset, to start again, to believe God again, to open our hearts again. But he ministered to me from a scripture that I want to minister to you from today, to say to you that this, first of all, this is a month of extraordinary breakthrough. Yes, this is a month of extraordinary breakthrough. You know, from last year, 2020, one i started to receive revelation about a scripture and the scripture is in proverbs 4 18 that says that the path but the path of the just is like the shining star sun that shines brighter and brighter unto the perfect day 
that that you and I our lives are supposed to be ever brighter ever better ever increasing in glory in grace in favor in what there's it's supposed to be an ever increasing greatness and manifestation of the life of God on our lives why our god is extravagant god is always doing better and more in our lives not that he's doing it but that he's manifesting more because he's endless you know i keep thinking that one day we're going to show up in heaven uh we're at the end of our long lives and we're going to discover the abundances of god that had our names on them that we probably did not tap into and i think that is the pain of god that jesus provided life in all its fullness but his children continue to live outside of that and so he started to minister to me about the fact that if it is indeed true that we go from light to light from grace to grace from glory to glory from favor to favor it means that every day of a believer is supposed to be their best day yet it means that every new month is your best month yet it means that every new year is your best year yet why you go from glory to glory grace to grace strength to strength favor to favor more increase upon increase in the things of god in the manifestation of the light of god in your life that that is the expectation of the believer but that there is something that stops us from experiencing or tapping into that truth you know first of all why are we able to go from glory to glory and grace to grace it's because jesus paid the full price for our redemption so god is not dependent on my behavior your behavior our performance what we've done or not done to be able to give us this increasing measure otherwise it would be fluctuating it is solely based on jesus christ who is perfect the one who paid and exchanged his life for ours that is why when jesus is going back to the father he says to his disciples that you're going to do greater works than i have done why every generation is supposed to be greater than the one before in the kingdom there is no competition it is the joy of parents to see their children sucks supersede them so it is the joy of god to see his children go from glory to glory more and more he's extravagant he doesn't run out the biggest fight of jesus with his disciples when he walked the earth was ye or ye of little faith or ye of little faith because faith is the power of the believer that receives what Jesus has provided by grace. So God has never looked at the believer and gone, you have too much faith. You are about to deplete the resources of heaven. He looks at us and says, why don't you take more? Why don't you manifest more? Why don't you release more? Because everything we need, everything that pertains to us is already on the inside of us. It's been deposited. Our work as believers is to manifest it. So what did he start to show me? That word just dropped in my spirit. This is the month of extraordinary breakthrough. Now here is the thing about us Christians is that the power of the prophetic in our lives that's why Paul says that he desires that everyone should prophesy because prophecy edifies it it elevates it strengthens it lifts up in the book of 2nd Chronicles 2020 when Jehoshaphat and his army are going out to fight the king is spoken to by the prophet and the prophet says believe the Lord your God and you will be established believe his prophets and you will prosper or you will experience sudden breakthrough in other words when we believe the word of god we actually experience stability and stability doesn't mean that you're static stability is also has to do with increase like when someone is stable in their marriage it means that it's always good it's always better they are not shaky they are not moving a wind is not blowing them all the time However, he wants you to move from just that increase to what he what is called shalaking. Shalaking T S H A L S C H. Shalak. 
It's a Hebrew word that means sudden breakthrough. That when you believe his prophets, you experience sudden breakthrough. And so the prophetic is powerful like that. When you believe the prophetic, you will experience sudden breakthrough. And so I decided, I'll believe you, Lord. It is the month of extraordinary breakthroughs. And then a scripture dropped in my spirit, which is what I want to share from today. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11. Now, that's a verse that if you've been in the faith long enough, you probably know it. You know it a hundred ways, you know. I alone know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and that hope. But here is the thing. Be careful with scripture that you know too much or that you've crammed or that you've become familiar with. It can have so much revelation and we miss it because we are used to it. And today I want you to open your heart to receive something from that scripture. Here is the thing about that scripture. I'm going to start at the, the thing I want to talk about. Then I'm going to go backwards to create the, the, the foundation of it. Then I'm going to come back to it. Because I want you to walk away today with a key, a powerful key that helps you to manifest the life of God. And I saw this thing about 2020 or 2019. I had traveled um, to, to, to Ethiopia for, for mission. And I was going through this chapter in my Bible reading. And I'm very used to it. And then I saw something I had never seen before that I want to share with you today. But let's go to that verse right now. Okay? Let's go to that verse, verse 11, and then we're going to go backwards. So verse 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. First of all, God thinks of you. And he knows the thoughts he thinks of you. <laughs> you know when you know what you think of someone, God knows the thoughts he thinks of you. So first of all, you are not forgotten. You are not forgotten. God knows the thoughts that he thinks of you. And then he says, they are thoughts of peace and not of evil. God thinks of you, but his thoughts towards you are thoughts of peace. Not thoughts of evil, not thoughts of how to destroy you, but thoughts of how to establish you. Thoughts of how to, he has already established you, but thoughts of Joy, the joy you bring him. How much he wants to see you succeed in your life. Thoughts of peace, comma. And then he says, the thoughts that he thinks, the end of those thoughts, the point of God thinking of you and thinking good thoughts towards you is that he wants to give you, this version says, a future and a hope. I like the King James Version. It says, doing of our minds, then we'll be able to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That God builds our expectation through the word of God by changing our minds he builds our expectations that he may transform our lives and then we'll be able to offer the proof of the good the, the thing we expected it begins by knowing his will that we may manifest it are you with me that we may know it that we may manifest it in other words God wants to do great things not wants to do has done great things in our lives through Christ Jesus he has given us life in all its fullness. All things that pertain to life and godliness. He has given us a life from glory to glory, grace to grace. But to the extent that we expect, we will manifest. And so the life of a believer is a life that should be a life of constant expectation of good. That's why the other versions translate that the word unexpected end into hope. Hope is a constant expectation of good. A constant expectation of progress. Hoping is, is when you are convinced that you are going to experience something good before you see it. When you say you're expecting money, you start to plan for it. Hope is active. Hope is alive. That's why the Bible says that hope does not disappoint. Hope actually produces. Hope is a powerful 
substance in the spirit realm. And so when he says expectation is hope, is hope of good. There were some things I was writing down last night about expectation as I thought about today. That first of all, expectation, you must have a picture of what to expect. It's a powerful key. That expectation creates a picture in the heart or in the spirit or in the mind of a believer. Expectation is powerful. It is hope. It produces. It, it creates a future. When you're expecting money, I don't know, it's a sure thing. <laughs> hope is not redundant. It is, it's not convincing yourself of something. Hope is based on trust. It's based on faith. It's based on belief. Hope in, expectation involves hope. Expectation involves anticipation. Expectation creates holy or unholy emotion. When you're expecting bad news, you can start to feel fear, panic. And fear can, can make you start to even get sick physically. You know, you know that a bad expectation that creates fear, which is the opposite of faith, can actually make you sick, can actually make you die before your time. That expectation, when you expect to be punished, you start to feel the effects of punishment before the punishment comes. You sit there and you have dread and you have fear. You're crying like someone has already done something to you. Like when you tell a child you're going to spank them and they're so afraid of it, they start to cry before the spank. They probably cry more before you spank them than after because the expectation is, is not so-called hope, but they have a, a bad expectation. It's dread. And many of us sometimes end, we've entered the month of May and we are entering whatever month it is that you're watching this. Maybe it's another month or it's another week or it's another day. It's about every day is an, is, is an opportunity. He says his masses are new every morning. Why do you think God would say that? Why didn't you rather than say in the evening? Every new day, God is like, let's start again. My masses are new. I'm able to do more. This thing I'm talking about, when, when you receive it in your spirit, it's going to, you're going to, what, what, what I hear in my spirit is that God wants us to learn as Christians to go ahead of our lives and take charge. Don't wait for the month to decide what is going to happen. You tell the month, the day, the week, the hour, what is going to happen. You have a holy expectation. You have, you be like Abraham, our father, and we're going to talk about him. How the Bible says he hoped against all hope. Like even where it's not possible for you to have a good expectation, you still have a good expectation. Why? Because of Christ Jesus and what he has done. Because of who we are. We are children of the living God. We are sons and daughters of the living God. Beloved by him. And not just loved, but provided for in every sense. And so God has already provided. He has already said that our life ends well. That we win in the end. That he always causes us to triumph. That all things work together. We know that all things work together for good. We know it. We believe it. And so I want you to sit back right now and become a person who is in charge of your life as a child of God. We are children of God. We are creators along with him. We have the life of God on the inside of us. And he has told us how the story ends. It ends well. And so expectation is a powerful thing. A substance that creates or, 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 or manifests the life of God consistently in the life of a child of God, of the believer. And a believer who does not have expectation of good, then also taps into another womb, taps into another realm, the realm of, of darkness, where also an expectation of bad, it works. Where you're like, I knew it. 
On my birthday, they always fire me. I knew it. Something bad always happens on Monday. I knew it. Do you wonder why some days in your life are good? You expect that Friday is going to be good and Monday is going to be difficult. And indeed, it happens. Why? Expectation is powerful. And I'm going to show you how what the original words of this are when it comes to expectation. That expectation is a powerful thing. Now, let me show you. You've probably read verse 11, but never gone to chapter 29. I want us to go together on a journey of why would God take the Israelites through the prophet Jeremiah before he says verse 11, there's verse 1 to 10. Let's examine it and see what it looks like because I want you to know that a child of God who has an expectation of good, God will satisfy your expected end. He will give you your expected end. Meaning if you expect nothing, even though on the inside of you is the full life of God, you can go through life cut off from the life of God. And you're probably like, no, 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 Pastor B3. Let me show it to you. Before we go to Jeremiah 1. I'm Jeremiah uh, 29 from verse 1. Ooh, this is a good word. It's a good word. It's a good word. Let's see. I want to show you how it's possible for you to be a child of God and you're cut off from the life of God. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I think it's in the book of Ephesians. Oh, Colossians. Ephesians 4.18. And what does it say? Ephesians 4.18. He says, actually, let me start from verse 17. This I said, therefore, and testify in the Lord. This is Paul the Apostle that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. He's about to describe to you now, when he's talking about Gentiles, he's talking about the people who, are, who, are not, who have not inherited the life of God because Gentiles were not the Jews. The opposite of Jews was Gentiles. If you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile, meaning you and I are Gentiles, but we've been redeemed. That's why we are now Jews. He says he's a Jew who is a Jew in his spirit in the book of Romans, the same Paul, how we've become partakers of the divine nature now through Jesus Christ. But then he says, I said, I testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. The Gentiles are the people who are cut off from the life of God, are the people who are not the children of God, the people who do not know God. He's saying, do not walk like the rest of the people who do not walk, know God walk. Then he explains how they walk. They walk in the futility of their minds. Their minds are unfruitful. Okay, having their understanding darkened, why? Because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their hearts. He's saying that these people are cut off from the life of God because they've been, they, they, they are alienated from the life of God because then he says of their understanding being darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance but that is in them because of the blindness of their hearts. Let me read it again. 
This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. Their mind is the place which, or the heart, the mind is the place where the life of God begins to be known to you first of all. Because you cannot manifest what you don't know. What you're not aware of. So it says, it begins in the mind that their mind is futile. It is unfruitful. It's unproductive. Because their understanding is darkened. Remember, the word of God is light. So where there is darkness, there is a lack of the knowledge of the word of God. Their understanding, how they understand life is a dark place. It is. It lacks the light of the life of God. And then it says, being alienated. To be alienated, to be an alien is to be a non-participant, a non-inheritor. Someone who has been cut off. Being alienated, cut off from the life of God. Why? Because of the ignorance that is in them. Say, far from me. Hey, far from me. In other words, ignorance can cut you off from the life of God. Ignorance of the life of God cuts you off from the life of God. And that's why we spend all this time teaching. That's why when God loves you, he sends you a teacher. Because these things, we do not know them. If we knew them, we'd all be walking around in the fullness of the glory of the sons of God. And we don't yet walk in that. But let's read chapter 29 of Jeremiah. God starts to educate the mind of the child of Israel. This is Jeremiah writing to the, to the children of Israel. Jeremiah's letter to the captives. Now you have to understand that at this point, the children of Israel are in captivity. They're in Babylon. They are in bondage. They are not in a place that they are not at home. They are not in a place that they love to be. And maybe as I'm speaking to you today, you're in that space where you feel disadvantaged as a child of God. When you look around, your circumstances are saying to you, you're disadvantaged. Maybe you've lost your job. Or maybe you've not been promoted in a long time and they keep seeming to put people to get promoted above you, yet you're working really hard. Or maybe you have, have taken a, you've taken a dead year out of university because you had no tuition or you fell ill and the sickness was long. Or maybe you've just lost a loved one who you've been pegging your life on. Or maybe you're not yet married at the age you think you should be married at. Or maybe you don't have children yet and you desire children. Or maybe, I don't know, I don't know what it is. Maybe you desire to go to a certain country, X, and you're still stuck in another country, Y. Whatever it is. Maybe your marriage is not working out the way it should. Maybe you don't feel like you have favor. Their circumstances are going to be speaking to you all the time. You're going to, and I want you to know that actually, we are captives. The Bible calls us pilgrims. We live in a world that is not our home. Our home is heaven. We are heavenly men and women. But we live on the earth as pilgrims who are trying to who are manifesting the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. Okay? So we live in a world that is constantly attacking us where the thief is trying to steal, kill, and destroy. But we are advantaged. Now, that's why the knowledge sets you free. You shall know the truth, the truth shall make you free. If it's not making you free, you don't need to know it. Because the truth you know makes you free. And today you're going to see a freedom that comes to you. That maybe you look like you're disadvantaged where you are. In the waiting, in the waiting on God, or in the, in the attacks that the enemy has tried to bring over your life. This is what the children of Israel were going through. They were in bondage and captivity. Verse 1. Now, these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the remainder of the elders who are carried away captive. To the priests, this is who is speaking to you, the royal priesthood, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had carried away captive from Jerusalem to Babylon. Um, this happened after Jeconiah the king, the queen mother, the eunuchs, the princes of Judah, and Jerusalem, the craftsmen and the smiths had departed from Jerusalem. The letter was sent by the hand of Elasha, Elasa, 
the son of Shafan. And, and wow, these names, you guys. Yeah, just let's see what the letter was saying in verse 4. The letter was saying, this is a letter from Jeremiah the prophet to the children of Israel who are captive in the land of Babylon. This is God's word to you, child of God, who lives in a strange land. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, he introduces himself to all who are carried away captive. He is clear, it's to those who are captive, not to free people. I'm overemphasizing this because you're about to hear the things he says to them. Whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. What do you think you should be saying to them at this point? You should be saying to them, comfort, I know you. I'm coming to rescue you. Your time of salvation is soon. <laughs> God is amazing. He says to them and he says to you and I. You who is in captivity. You who seems to be disadvantaged. You who is waiting for the deliverance of the Lord. He says to you. Build houses and dwell in them. I'm sorry, what? Lord, have you forgotten? We are in captivity. We are in captivity. Yes, build houses and dwell in them. <laughs> Plant gardens and eat their fruit. Take wives and beget sons and daughters. And take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands. So that they may bear sons and daughters. Then he says, why am I telling you to do this? That you may be increased there and not diminished. That you may be, guys, are you hearing the language of heaven? That no matter what you're going through, what life is speaking to you about, God's word to you is that you may be increased there, not diminished. God wants you to increase and not diminish wherever you are right now in your life. But he's saying, I know you're in captivity. I know you're waiting for deliverance. My word to you is build houses. That sounds like he's saying be permanent. Of course, he's not telling you that the situation is permanent. But he's saying to them, hey, guys. I haven't changed. I am the same God. You're still advantaged. You're my children. When I said I'll make you the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath, you shall, you shall, you shall build, you shall, you shall build houses and not and, and live in them. You shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. He's saying, I haven't changed. My word does not adjust to your circumstances. Your circumstances must adjust to my word. You must have an expectation that good is coming. Why? Increase where you are. Do not diminish. Increase where you are. Do not diminish. You who is waiting for things to, to turn around, then you will start, you know, enjoying life. He's saying, no, 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 no. Seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive and pray for it. For in its peace, you will have peace. Someone, that is your word. Start to pray for the peace of your workplace, for the peace of your family, for the peace of the people who have been against you, because in their peace is your peace. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, don't let your prophets and your diviners who are in the midst deceive you, nor listen to your dreams which have caused you to dream. For they prophesy falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord of hosts. Then he says, for thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed of Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you if it's of, if it's good it's, it's from god every good and perfect gift is from god and cause you to return to this place verse 11 for i know the thoughts that i think towards you says the lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end god first creates the expectation in their minds that listen you're in captivity but you're going to build you're going to live in them, your houses. You're going to have sons and daughters. You're going to have grandkids. You're going to plant vineyards and eat their fruit. You're going to prosper. In fact, you're going to increase and not diminish. And indeed, the children of Israel, the Bible says that the more that they were mistreated by the Egyptians, the more they increased until they became a pain to the Egyptians. 
that you're supposed to be increasing no matter what jacob he increased even though he was <laughs> as he was a servant jacob was increasing when he was a, a servant to a man who who laban who continued to cheat him what to the point that laban realized this man i'm increasing because on account of him child of god you're always advantaged but if your expectation is that sometimes you're advantaged, sometimes you're not, I don't know how it's going to end. My expectation is that I'm not sure how, what to expect. Then we, we, are, we are curtailing the, work, the manifestation of the life of God in our lives. That we are supposed to have an expectation of good. Whether there's money in the bank or not, I am wealthy. Whether, the, whether things seem to be working out in the natural or not, things are working out because they must work out. Why? I am a child of God. I am set up for success. I must increase and not diminish. I can't be going backwards. Today is a better day than yesterday. I go from glory to glory, strength to strength. God is building your expectation. He is saying every new day is an opportunity for new mercies. It's an opportunity for greater grace upon your life. Maybe yesterday didn't go according to plan. No problem. God's things that you're increasing, whether you see it or not, you're increasing. Some things are working out where you cannot see in the realm where it's not yet in the visible realm. But you must be convinced beyond any other convincing that things are working out in your favor. Things are working out for your good. That is That was the advantage of our father Abraham. And before I, I want to end with Abraham eventually in a few minutes, by the way, today's message is not too long. <laughs> but I, I, it is that you must always have a constant expectation of good as a child of God. Because that forces the spirit realm to release to you what is yours. That's why he says, I want to give you the hope that you expect. I looked out this word expected end, expectation or hope. And it's the word tikva in Hebrew. Tikva. Tikva in Hebrew means expectation. And it also means a cord or hope. Hope. It's from, it's from the root word that means to bind or wait for or wait upon. Listen. Your expectation is a binding thing in the spirit. Your expectation is like a cord in the spirit. Your expectation is the thing that waits upon God. Your expectation is, your, is, is how you wait upon God. When you say those that wait upon the Lord, those that have a confident expectation of God shall renew their strength. It's impossible for you. In fact, when you're, listen, oh wow. When you're expecting something from someone you trust, the closer the time of fulfillment comes, the more joy you feel. The closer it comes, when you're expecting to have a wedding, the closer the wedding comes, the more joy you should be experiencing. When you're expecting money on the 20th, the, the, on the 19th, you're more excited than you were on the 10th. Do you understand? That in the spirit realm, when you're a person of constant expectation, you're a person of constant joy and excitement because expectation actually renews your strength according to that scripture. I'm getting a new revelation of that. That those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings as eagles. Those that have an expectation of God, those that wait upon him, those that, that, have, that, that are bound in the spirit by the word of God, an expectation of good. That the word expectation means to bind, to wait, to wait upon to have an expectation. Let me let me let me read for you her other other meanings of the word tikva. It's a code or an attachment. An attachment. What you hope for, what you hope for, you become attached to. You become bound to what you hope for. You become attached to what you hope for. It's like you've already grabbed it in the spirit realm. When you're expecting something, you plan based on the expectation you have. 
When you expect something, you make plans around the expectation. So when you're expecting good, you make plans for good. When you have no expectation, you're bound to nothing in the spirit. Do you understand? To expect this word, the expected end that God wants to give you this month, whatever the month is, but right now it's the month of May. Today is May 2nd. That we have an expected end. That we are bound in the spirit to something good. That This is the same word, Tikva, that they speak of Abraham when they say that he hoped against all hope. That he bound himself to an expectation of good. That he would be the father of nations. Actually, that he was the father of nations. Here's the thing about God. He called Abraham a father of nations before the manifestation came. And it's not that God was trying to make, make him believe something. No. When God says you're something, you are that thing. Before it shows up, you see the spirit realm creates the natural. Things show up in the spirit before they show up in the natural. And when we, we must become spiritual people who know that in the spirit realm already, my children, we've already determined their course, how they will be. They must, they are successful. Not that they will be successful. They are. They are successful. Their marriages are working. Their children, my children are still young. But I can assure you, those things have already happened. Why? The language of the spirit is the language of now. In the book of Ecclesiastes, the, 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 the man of God, Solomon, talks about something interesting. He says that whatever is has already been in the spirit. You have to realize that, that you're not trying to create something in the spirit. It has already happened. You're drawing it out. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. You're simply drawing out what has already happened. He says that whatever is has already been. I like it's in chapter three of Ecclesiastes. It's talking about times and seasons. And if he has talked about a time for this, a time for that, in verse 14, he says, I know that whatever God does shall be forever. Nothing can be added to it. Nothing can be taken from it. God does it that men should fear before him. Verse 15, that which is, oh, has already been. That which is to be has also already been. God requires an account of what is past. In other words, your future is God's past. Child of God, have you heard me? Your future is God's past. God is not speaking about tomorrow, what is going to come. What has been, what was, had already been. What is going to be, has already been. According to God, when he says you are rich, you are. That thing, that picture does not change with your bank account. You are. That means that you and I, our work is to have that expectation of what is true of us. That I am wealthy. So, oh, I'm always wealthy. I'm always joyful. I'm always favored. It's always working in my good. If I've not yet seen it, it's working. It's about to manifest. It's about to show up because guess what? It's who I am. It can't change. Who I am does not change with circumstances. Who I am is who I am. I don't become a man because I wore trousers. I am a woman. Whether I'm wearing a skirt, a blouse, trousers, whatever it is, who I am is who I am. Listen to me. Your expectation is a powerful substance that manifests what you already have in the spirit. What you already have in the spirit. It creates holy emotion. It keeps you excited about the things of God. Abraham. Let's talk about Abraham as we close because I hope you've had the word expected and God, God says he will give you the end you expect. He will manifest in your life the end you expect. In fact, you will manifest in your life the end you expect. That's why he tells the children of Israel, expect good, expect increase. Don't wait for the day of your deliverance. You're already delivered. I will come after 70 years. But in the meantime, increase, do not diminish. In the meantime, increase, do not diminish. What are you expecting this month of May? What do you expect every day when you wake up? Do you open your mouth and say, eh, Sometimes I do that bad thing of saying, I hope this day goes well. Guys, we have to stop speaking like that. Of course, this is the day that the Lord has made. 
I will rejoice and be glad in it. My strength is working. All is working well in my life. I expect good. Remember, an expectation is like a cord that is twisted together. It's an attachment in the spirit. What you expect, you are attached to. You are bound to. You are, you are, you, you are, you are waiting upon it. Strength and firmness comes with expectation. The thing that you long for is the thing that you expect. Abraham did not expect God to fail. Let's look at what, he's, what it says of him in both Romans and Hebrews. What a good word. What a good word. In both Romans and Hebrews, it says of Abraham that he hoped against all hope. He hoped against hope. He hoped against hope. Romans 4. Let's read it and we shall be closing. Romans 4. Let's read about Abraham our father. Oh, Romans 4. I don't want to start there because I'll get derailed. Let's start on verse 16. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace. So that the promise might be sure to all the seed. Now, let me start on verse 13. I'm sorry. For the promise that he'll be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Listen to me. The promise that you would be the heir of the world through Abraham, you and I, is not based on what we can do and what we bring to the table. Don't base your hope or your expectation of good based on how much prayer you've been doing, fasting, reading the Bible, being good, paying your tithes. Your expectation of good should be based on the goodness of God. Every good and perfect gift, James says, comes from God, the Father of lights, in whom there is no shadow of turning. God is not going to change based on your temperature. His temperature is clear. He's always hot, never cold. God is always good, period. To you and to me, he loves us. So he says that that, that promise was through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of faith are, of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise is made of no effect because the law brings about wrath for where there is no law there is no transgression god is not holding anything against you you can expect good from god as long as you are born again why because all all is well through christ jesus in romans 5 1 he says we have peace with god and we have access to the father through jesus christ therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed Listen, your hope must be sure in God because of Jesus Christ. Not only to those who are of the law, but also those who are of faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. See what our father did. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of him who believed. God who gives life to the dead. This is God's character. God gives life to the dead and calls those things which would not, do not exist as though they did. That is the power of expectation. Expectation starts to plan for money that is coming as if it has already come. You start to make purchases based on the money that is coming. Start to make purchases of faith based on the thing that God has promised you. And then he says, which do not exist as if they, they did. That's how you and I should speak. We should speak of things that don't exist as if they do. I am wealthy. That one exists whether we want it or not and it must manifest. Comma. Who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. 
In other words, he hoped where he should not have hoped. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead. You see how you don't become weak in faith? You refuse to consider facts. You refuse to examine facts. You refuse to look at facts and make them the basis of your expectation. Since he was about 100 years old, stop basing your expectation on facts. I am this. Munangi have waited for God for three years now. I am now 40-something years old and I'm not yet married. Actually, it's been three years and they've never promoted me. I have a boss who really doesn't like me. I don't have an, a master's degree. The poor will get promoted here. I have master's degrees. No! You carry something better than a master's degree. You carry the DNA of heaven. You have someone who is for you. God, the God. You have a connection beyond a normal connection. And deadness of Sarah's womb, these are the things that he should have considered but did not consider. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith. How? Giving glory to God and being not just convinced, but fully convinced. Are you fully convinced that what he had promised he was also able to perform? Listen, expectation is based on how much we trust God. Are you fully convinced that what God has promised he's also able to perform? Or you think that he's dependent on you? God wants you and I to have an expectation because expectation spells faith. That we are fully convinced that what God has promised is also able to perform. If God has said you are the head and not the tail, you are the head and not the tail. If God has said you are above and not beneath, you are above and not beneath. If God has said the works of your hands shall be blessed, the works of your hands shall be blessed. If God has said that he will command the blessing that is on you, on your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand, he has commanded that blessing. You are already blessed beyond the curse. You are already highly favored. You are already always better and better. Your tomorrow is better than your today. Your latter days are greater than your former days. All is working for your good. Why? You must consider that what God has said be fully convinced that it is more true than what you're seeing in your life right now. Because you know what I'm seeing in my life right now can't be true. There's more in God. There's more wealth. There's more health. There's more goodness of God. There's more influence. There's more. I must reach nations for God. I must reach millions and billions in my lifetime. My, I have to believe that my voice is going further every day than it went the day before. I must believe that my, 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 my influence in my generation is going to be better every day than it was the day before. And I must believe it, whether it is showing up or not, it is showing up. Because in the spirit, I am fully convinced that what he promised is able to perform. Listen to me. Your expectation draws forth the life of God to show up, to manifest in your life. And I want to say and remind you again that Abraham's expectation was so strong that it led him into praise according to the scripture. Go and read it after without me. That he did not start concerning the promise of God through unbelief in verse 20. But he was strengthened in expectation, giving glory to God. When you expect good from God, the closer the manifestation is, the more excited you become. This thing of expectation makes you and I become joyful people all the time. Not We are not, we are not in and out. We are not warm today and cold tomorrow. We are not excited about things today. And we know that to, every day when you wake up, you should say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Today is a better day than yesterday. Everything is working for my good. The favor of God surrounds me as a shield. I expect good. What are you expecting? I want you to do something for me that I have already done this month. Since it's a new month, write down some expectations that you have of God. Big ones, God-like expectations, including the things that you probably had started to give up on. Why? Your expectation is your bond in the spirit. Your expectation 
is, 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 is your code in the spirit. It's your attachment to the things of God. The word is filled with definitions of what we should expect. Expectations of strength. It strengthens faith. Expectation. The Bible strengthens expectation. God wants to give you an expectation so that he can give you an expected end. The entire word of God is an expectation. Is God building the expectation of the believer? When he calls Abraham the father of, of nations, before he has a child, not even one, he's building his expectation. Why? We read about expectation, tikva. It is, it's, it, it, is, it is a cord. It is a rope. It's an attachment. It is, it's a binding. It binds you, attaches you, and helps you to wait on God with joy. Have an expectation of God this month of May. And not only just the whole month, every day, have an expectation of God. Have an expectation of God. I'll close with a psalm. Psalm 62. David says of God. And I love it so much. I love David and how he thinks of God. But in Psalm 62, David says, Psalm 62. He says, truly, my soul waits silently for God. From him comes my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. Verse 5, my soul, wait silently for God alone. For my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Do you know what, what David said in verse 5 of chapter 62? My soul, wait silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. Listen, don't get your expectation from the world. Don't get your expectation from the trends of what is going on. Get your expectation from God alone. Go into his word, and whatever his word has said is what, is what you should expect. If God says you're highly favored, you're highly favored. If God says you're deeply loved, you're deeply loved. If God says that the favor that brings promotion is upon your life, it's upon your life. If God says that you none shall lack their mate, none shall, none shall lack their mate. If God says that he has opened your womb, he has opened your womb. Whatever God has said concerning you, your expectation is from him. Why? He only is your rock, your immovable one, and your salvation, your defense, and you shall not be moved. God is your salvation, which means a life in its fullness and your glory. God is the rock of your strength and your refuge is in God. God wants you to have an expectation, but he wants your expectation to be from him. And so today as we come to the end, do you have an expectation of God this week, this day, this month? Will you open your mouth right now and start to pray in the spirit? Lord, we have an expectation of you. Lord, we believe you. We believe your word. Your word is true. We believe your word, oh God. We, we receive joy to wait on you. We receive strength to wait on you and to wait with real expectation of good every day that we may see the manifestation of the things that you have spoken concerning our lives, that you may give us an expected end for you have good thoughts towards us to give us an expected end. Lord, build our expectations. Teach us to expect good from you. Teach us to wait every day expecting good to come because you're a good father. We give you thanks, Lord. Hallelujah to your name. Listen, you're watching and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life. I want to give you an opportunity right now to receive the life of God. Would you go ahead and just pray this prayer after me? Say, Lord Jesus, today I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Take my life 
and do something significant with it. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, you are born again. Welcome to the family of God. You should expect good to come your way, promotion, favor, and just every good thing that is in Christ Jesus. Would you send us a message on that number on your screen and let us know that you received Christ through faith boosters. Would like to pray with you and connect you to a loving family anywhere in the world where we have lots of other people and we want you to know what has happened in your life. Remember, your expectation is from God and your expectation ties you, binds you to the life of God and, and, and provokes that it must re release the thing that is already on the inside of you. So have an expectation of God and an expectation of good every single day. You are blessed. You are highly favored. See you again next week. Bye.